Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes on Women in Politics from the Joint Public Issues Team. I'm Hannah Fez, one of the JPIT Parliamentary Interns, so I get the pleasure of spending half my time working with our lovely guest today, Kat Smith, who is the Labour MP for Lancaster and Fleetwood. Um, so Kat, thank you for joining me today. Happy International Women's Day to start with. Happy International Women's Day, Hannah. That's exciting. I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about your own experiences, what inspired you to get involved in politics, and what are some of your experiences of being a woman in politics? Um, so I think I've probably been involved in politics from birth, but perhaps didn't realise it at first. Um, so I, in hindsight, I was born into a very political family, but not a party political family. So I was born into a very Methodist family. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother uh, was very, very involved in the church and social issues and was a very strong, opinionated woman. She was also worked in a very male-dominated environment, the shipyard in Barrow, and was a union rep and believed in standing up for the workers. Um, and she was always someone who told me that I could do anything that I wanted to do and, you know, built me up as a young woman. And through my involvement in the Methodist Church, Um, I campaigned for things like fair trade products to be available in local shops, Um, got involved in things like the Jubilee Debt Campaign around um, dropping third world uh, debt. And I suppose those are kind of like really early formative experiences about thinking beyond my world into the wider world and how I can make a difference as a Christian um, and try and live out my faith in a very kind of real and practical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably how I became involved in politics, campaigning nice. for fair trade bananas <laughs> oh, and uh, from fair trade bananas to the House of Commons. Yeah, wow, well, everyone has somewhere to start. So. <laughs> well, could you tell me a bit about some of your experiences in the House of Commons? Has it been sort of, obviously it's been quite a male-dominated environment, which is changing oh, a bit it is. now. And have you noticed any improvements since 2015? <laughs> or? Oh, no, there have been, there have been improvements. So I first worked in the House of Commons in 2008. Yeah. So um, I was working uh, half my week at the... Um, what's now Christians on the left, but was then called the Christian Socialist Movement. And I spent the other half of my week working for a Labour MP. Um, And I got to sort of work here as a researcher. And I've seen, certainly since 2008, quite a lot of changes that have been improvements and progress, but progress is always too slow. And I've certainly found challenges as a woman, and particularly as a young mother in Parliament, Mm -hmm. Um, yes, there's a House of Commons nursery, but its hours don't match the hours that the House of Commons sits. So <laughs> there was always a sort of funny hour of the day when my son was very young where I'd have to pick him up from nursery at 6pm. Um, but I had to stay until 7pm to cast a vote. And I was the last uh, female MP not to get a proxy vote. When my son was born, the, the rules of the House of Commons would change shortly afterwards, and now new mums um, do get six months of proxy voting, mm-hmm. which I think is one of those examples of, of progress that has happened. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's good some things are changing. <laughs> so you mentioned a few um, barriers that you faced. What do you think are like, the biggest barriers to women's participation and leadership in politics? Um, I think sometimes the biggest barriers, and it's the same for all of us, and I think in many ways it probably doesn't matter you know, if you're a man or a woman and what your background is, but the biggest barriers to anything are always the ones we put up in our own minds. Mm. Um, you know, there's an, On paper, there's no reason why more women shouldn't get elected to the House of Commons, but it is a very male-dominated workplace. Um, however, 
I didn't always know whether or not it was going to be for me because if you can't see people like you doing the job, it's very hard to imagine doing it. So you do need that sort of critical mass. Um, but my fundamental belief is that the biggest barriers are the ones we put in our own minds and they're often because of, you know, millennia of patriarchy and, you know, just gender assumptions. You know, if you ha- get handed a, a baby wrapped in pink, you assume it's a girl and you treat it more gently than a baby that's handed to you wrapped in blue. Um, and, you know, there's been like social experiments about this and people actually literally treat baby boys or babies they perceive to be boys um, in a different way to the way they treat baby girls. So it's no wonder that our girls and young women have grown up with all these ideas about what it is to be a woman and what is an okay job and what's not an okay job mm. so yeah the barriers in our own mind we need to break them down yeah. and you know feel the fear and do it anyway <laughs> oh what a great point recently as well we've seen you know the high profile resignations of Jacinda Ardern and Nicola Sturgeon what impact do you think these will have on women's representation and leadership in politics and how do you think we can work to ensure that more women are given the opportunity to hold these high level positions well you know Jacinda Ardern and Nicola Sturgeon weren't the first you know women in politics who were strong and led and you know admittedly Margaret Thatcher is not my politics <laughs> um, but you know <laughs> there are if we look you know right the way back to uh, if you look in a UK context for instance you've got Barbara Castle and uh, you know obviously Betty Boothroyd died last mm-hmm. week and that was you know the first woman speaker and so far the only woman yeah. speaker of the House of Commons you know we have our history is littered with strong women who have mm. shown leadership and led in politics um and you know with the recent obviously high profile resignations um it just opens up a space I think for the next generation of women to step in and take on those roles um I have no idea what the outcome of the leadership <laughs> election for the Scottish National Party is going to be but um I assume given there's three candidates and two of them are women there's a fair fairly strong chance that we can see uh you know Nicola Sturgeon replaced by a woman um obviously Jacinda Ardern was replaced by a man but it has seen it has allowed young women to see women in these roles and once you've seen a woman in that role it's easier to imagine doing it yourself yeah so I I, yeah I don't feel pessimistic by that at all that's good (laughs) um so you mentioned a bit about growing up as a Methodist at the start I think a lot of people hold assumptions about Christianity being sort of a misogynistic religion and things and not aided sometimes by things in the media I know myself you know sometimes I've gone to feminist meetings and you say you're a Christian and you get some weird looks oh you Um, do you do yeah how have you fact do you find sort of a relationship between your feminism and your faith how would you navigate that um I've never struggled with it if I'm honest um so when I was at university I was involved in like the Methodist church and I was also president of the feminist society so I suppose I've always been like someone who's very openly feminist and someone who is very openly Christian um and I don't for me it's not a conflict the Jesus that I read about in the gospels is a radical um you know this week I was reading you know about the overturning of the tables in the temple like he was not someone who um accepted the things as they were but instead strived to you know make things better and our relationship got closer so so for me I've never had an issue with that and certainly if you look at the the folks that uh, Jesus hung out with you know mm. women were included um and that you know in the historical context is so radical so and I'm proud to be part of a church that has um, many strong women leaders like both locally and nationally in the Methodist church we see so many strong women uh, showing leadership within the church um that I've never seen that conflict 
the message of the gospel is for everyone. It's mm-hmm. for, for men and it's for women and it's for people who are non-binary. We, you, you know, the gospel is literally for everyone. No one is excluded. Jesus turns nobody away. Everyone is included. All are welcome and therefore it's entirely compatible with my feminism. Yeah. Wow, very well said. Thank you. Um, I think finally, just what encouragement would you give to women on getting involved in politics? I think you've got to get involved in politics. And I, and I say it's particularly to, to Christian women. Mm. Um, our faith isn't something that is private and that we should just do in secret. And we should live out our faith. And our faith is political. And uh, I think politics would benefit from more mm. young Christian women like yourself, Hannah, mm-hmm. um, to be involved and uh, to bring, but bring your faith. Like, do not leave your Christian faith at the door when you go to a Labour Party meeting. Mm-hmm. But nor should you leave your like part if you're party politically aligned. But you, you should not feel like you need to leave that at the door when you go to your church either. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's important that we recognise that as Christians we are called to be involved and to you know get in, get stuck in. And for many Christians that can be volunteering with a local food bank or in a women's refuge or whatever that is. But for for some people you will be called into you know, party politics. And yes, uh, as my good friend, uh, the Liberal Democrat MP for West London Lonsdale, Tim Farron, um, says, you know, politics is a mucky business, mm. but then everything is. And, you know, Christians do need to be involved and we need to be involved uh, because we have an amazing set of values and ideas that, you know, are radical and can change the world and we can advocate for the poor and um, speak up for the sick and we can, you know, campaign for the funding for the women's refuges, try and, you know, get to a position where we can get rid of food banks, for goodness sake. And in this day and age, we shouldn't have food banks in this country. And that radical Christian politics has a, has a place, I believe, um, in the Labour Party, um, which owes more to Methodism than Marxism. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's a great place to end. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Kat. Um, And thank you, everybody, for listening to this 10 Minutes On episode from the Joint Public Issues team. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do share it around. And you can find out more about JPIT on our website, jpit.uk.